everybody, welcome back to the Harmonics Podcast. Back. We're badder than ever last time. Now yeah. we're even badderer than Batterer. Ever. Baddest. More, wow. more badderer. More yep. badderer. Baddest of all more time. Batterist. More batterist. More <laughs> batterer. It's what you, you came here for, and we're going to deliver on that. Uh, Off to a rousing start. Yep, as always. Uh, we're not going to talk about uh, family dining this week, though. No. Unfortunately, we well, could. Hey, look. Let's There's not, a lot more to say. It's not a scripted podcast. I don't we, know where we have a guest, <laughs> and he hasn't weighed right. in on that yet. That's true. Uh, yes, we have a guest this week, um, Mr. Eric Brocious, our audio director. Welcome, Eric. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> that sounded very rehearsed. It <laughs> sounded, sounded like there's literally a gun to your head. <laughs> <laughs> Implied. Uh, we wanted to have Eric on, well, for multiple reasons, because he's a badass, but uh, for this video game we're making, Fantasia Music Evolved. I'm not familiar with that, Pope. What's that? Tell it's, me more. It's a new game from Harmonix Music Systems and Disney. Oh, Interactive. Okay. Based on the film franchise from 1940? It's a spiritual successor to the film. It's an extension it's a, of Walt Disney's vision. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning yep, in. Thanks, guys. Bye. Next Buy time. our game. Buy it when it comes out. Uh, uh, Eric, in addition to being the audio director here at Harmonix for many years, uh, would you say that you're the audio lead on Fantasia Music of All? Uh, right now, I am, yes, I'm the audio lead now on Fantasia. We had another audio lead and he left and I ended up taking over and I think I'm going to just keep it until the end of the project. Awesome. Your purview. You do what you want, Eric. I do what I want. It sounds good. <laughs> and I, ha- sounds I good. have nobody telling me what to do. No. So that's awesome. <laughs> sitting, in, sitting in his giant office with his big speakers turned all the way up. Right. <laughs> just listening to the news, not even making the game. It's that just... has to be sort of... Uh, daunting right because fantasia is such a huge well-known property uh that's true and there in in our game there are a lot of moving parts and yeah. there's a lot of yeah things. it's not just music there's also the sound design element too. of course yes yeah. so it is kind of daunting but you know it's uh it's been a while since i've done any actual work so it's actually kind of nice <laughs> to once in a while do work yeah thank god our team never has to worry about that <laughs> instead of just like sitting back and collecting the big yeah, money right you know, yeah, so, yeah. Got well, that rap band money. <laughs> you don't care. Got yeah, that maybe, tribe check. <laughs> maybe if we want to do a, a little background. Yeah, you were in the, the band Tribe, which people may know from Rock Band. And Guitar Hero. Uh, and yeah. Guitar Hero, well, yeah. That's, that's many moons ago yep. in, in the late 80s and early 90s in a rock band in Boston. We were successful kind of in Boston, never too much outside of Boston, but... Uh, yeah, we had one song in, I think, Rock Band 1 or 2. Outside. Outside, Rock Band 1. I thought you were at a song on Guitar Hero. No, did I imagine that? No, you imagined that. I imagined yeah. that. You should have. It's great. Yeah. Well, Tribe is great. Yes. Go yeah. check out Tribe on the internet. You should have exploited your connections <laughs> more rigorously. Uh, fair enough. Uh, fair you were in the band with, uh, well, with your wife. Uh, well, right now, my wife. She wasn't my wife yeah. then, but my wife, Terry. Yep. A good move. Time. Good uh, move. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's good. Uh, but uh, also our friend and, well, well. Uh, yeah, one of the higher ups here at Harmonix, yeah. uh, Greg Lapiccolo. He was the bass player in our band, and he did a lot of the songwriting also. So you let a bass player somehow get somewhere? <laughs> you, like you, you let yeah. him escape from being in a position of subservience to being in a position of leadership. <laughs> so I think you're responsible <laughs> to all musicians everywhere. Uh, that the you problem let that here is that he was Stingy. one of the founding members of the band, so he had, uh, and I was one. I was the last person to join, so oh, okay. I was like. Lowest on the totem pole. Yeah. So there you go. Highest skilled, lowest in power. Well, I didn't want to say it. It's just like, it's just, it's just, it's harmonics all over. <laughs> the most skilled, not always in control. And you played lead guitar, right? I did, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, we're forcing you to speak with your words instead of through your sweet solos today, and I apologize wow. for that. Uh, that excellent. was poetic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you are yeah. the worst. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, I, was, I was actually wondering, so, you know, you led the team. You've been here for a while, right? Like, you, when, when did you start at Harmonix? So I started in uh, at the very beginning of uh, Guitar Hero 1, okay. which I think was 2005. Yeah. Um, so... 
And even before that, just quickly, mm-hmm. you were also a looking glass guy, right? Uh, well, before that, right before that, I was at Irrational Games. Right. right. So yes. I worked at Irrational for four to five years. On System Shock and... Uh, System Shock 2 yep. and, um, well, all their other games. You know, they made a SWAT game, yep. Freedom Force. And yeah. Made, uh, this awesome I game called... I played that SWAT game, by the way, yeah, growing up. I liked good. it. Uh, we made this awesome game called The Lost, which never saw the light of day, which, Ugh. you know, is one of those sad stories. You work on it for, like, two and a half years, Ugh. and it doesn't go anywhere. Yep. So. That's one of those things you could probably, like, kickstart these days. Get the well, 2K could, uh, 2K could just yeah. publish it. Well, actually, what happened is it, they, it got sent off to India, and they made this weird... Is that, is yeah, that a place where games were sent <laughs> And you No, know, some, some small... They bought it, and they made this weird kind of hybrid using... Um, Half of our material and half of other material is pretty cool. It's amazing. Wow. You can find video of it on, on YouTube. Weird. And you should. It's called yeah. The Lost. It's bizarre. I don't know if that was the name of it uh, the, when it was. Uh, maybe The Lost is what we called it. Was about, it was about uh, Dante's Inferno. and you know okay. traveling through. This the... is that EA game that came out. No, no, way before that. I'm joking. Anyway, Demon babies. It was fun. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and before that, I worked at Looking Glass Studios for like until they closed, but like right, seven right. years. So, yeah. which. If people aren't aware, like in the Boston game scene, like Looking Glass is sort of like it's it has tentacles and everything that's come out of Boston in the last. Well, it's shut years. down, so all those people right. went to other places. Yeah, exactly. That's how yes. that works, right? And it's you know because like like all things that kind of like have an early demise, they they become legendary because of their yeah. demisehood. Oh man, <laughs> they were making the good stuff back then. Now we're just like cranking out these fancy <laughs> games. Uh, well, so you worked on mostly the. The guitar here on the rock band series here in terms of music games. That's right. And obviously you oversee the team that also worked on Dance Central and mm-hmm. other stuff we've done on the side. But I, I would think that Fantasia probably has, in addition to working with the licensed music that we have, probably has more original composition work than we've ever had yeah. in a game before. It does, right. We, we've done a lot of work with licensed you know, music. Yeah. So outside of a, maybe an opening cutscene or a few things here and there, has been mostly um, licensed music. So it's actually fun to work on a bunch of original music, and we found out we have actually a lot of really good composers right? on our team. <laughs> like, who out. knew? <laughs> you took the chains off of their desk where they've been transcribing guitar charts the past six years, exactly. and like, oh, give me strings and That's horns. Right. You probably look back to the day that you hired them, and it's like, oh yeah, I guess I hired this guy for a reason. <laughs> <Remember> <laughs> that? Well, it took like five years to, to pay off, so yeah. no, it's good. So You're it's good. implying that Eric knows the name of anyone else. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. He has minions. And he just conducts the numbered window. one to 14. That's how we do it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> She got real. Um, <laughs> Joe is silently in the Joe, back. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> numbers Joe. He's like, <laughs> he's like checking his wallet. He's filling, out his, cards, yeah, so. he's filling out his 360 evaluation of Eric as a manager right now. Uh, well, that's cool. So we've so we've been so you're working as the audio lead. You were actually also doing some design work earlier in the process, sort of overseeing some of the discovery levels. But you're how much of your day is split between reviewing the stuff that's in the discovery worlds, the big explorable mm-hmm. worlds that we have, uh, versus like reviewing, say, remixes or compositional work for the licensed tracks that are sort of baked into the performance gameplay? Um, uh, earlier on, I was doing more discovery stuff. Okay. And lately, as we're trying to get all of the remixes in, I've been spending a lot of time trying to do that. So I'm uh, working with our people in here. We have a lot of internal people doing remixes, and it's really cool. And we have some external people that we're you know, we've kind of like found and hired that we're doing, so I'm kind of trying to manage that. You yeah, know, that's side of that. Giving feedback. And what it's... was the... Oh, no, no, after you, Pope. What was the process like? Uh, so if people aren't aware, these discovery scenes, which we've only talked about a couple of them... Uh, Two of each, them, in fact. Yeah. Each of them has their own... Apart from their own look and feel, they have their own sound and mm-hmm. tone and all that. That's right. So what were the discussions like in figuring out say for uh, the shoal, here's what the shoal needs to sound like. Mm-hmm. What, what, what was that process like? Well, we, we talked a lot about the general um, 
we have these like tone docs. These are these docs that we put up on the wall and they describe like kind of the user experience and what we want the thing to feel like. And then we would, um, we'd have people like try out some ideas and they'd go in all different directions and a bunch of us audio guys would all sit in a big room. Actually, before when we were over here was this room and, yeah. and we'd watch... Uh, you know, and we'd, we like check them all out and listen to them, and then we'd, uh, you know, people would make revisions, and then they'd come up with a, a general direction we'd like, and then we'd have that person go ahead and start like crafting some of the pieces. And as it, you know, then things kept on modifying a lot as they start to put them together, and uh, so we did that pretty much for every level. I wonder, I wonder how much in this game more than other other games that that is like that synesthetic quality of audio influencing the visuals, influencing the audio again is, is a back and forth process. Has it been a pretty round and round like polish process versus hey like hey we made a we made a level in a shooter and like someone's going to score that level and That's obviously right. they inform each other but right. the, you know make it dramatic at, like popularly. after the fact information no a lot of a lot of in, in in a lot of games um and rightly so audio is kind of the post thing it's like the sure. last thing you do because you you try to do and even some even games with great interactive scores a lot of that's done afterwards and stuff like that and and in a lot of our games especially things like Fantasia the music it has to be uh, and the audio has to be kind of up front. So there's, there's a lot of like um, just like interweaving between the art and the audio all the time and back and forth. And that makes it kind of hard to do, you know. But um, sometimes I wish it was just like, here, just give me what you want and we'll do the music afterwards. Yes, I'll but it can't work that way. Later, yeah. It can't work that way. So it's it's a great process, but it's been kind of difficult. Well, how yeah. So I, there's, there's also some, a little bit at least, of, of, and I don't want to use this word to say that the work itself is this, but like there ends up being some throwaway work then because like, for example, we've said, you know, we've shown the shoal, which has Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, uh, fun, fun, fun Some Nights in the E3 build, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to be playing this summer. And that music then comes back in the world and sort of mixed in the original score. But we've been pretty upfront that like those are not necessarily the songs that will be in the final shipping game. Like we're still moving songs around, so there's some work there that you took to blend like Dick Dale guitar with Freddie Mercury, you know, Absolutely. piano, and that like that work might go away. And someone's going to have to redo that with a different song. That's correct. That's I mean, the the, the, the general sound of the show will, will remain the same because right. that's kind of our base that we're working on. But you're right. As we're one of the big things in this game is as you play these songs, you're filling up the world. Not uh, both with like more more sounds of the world itself, but then you're mixing in stuff from the songs that you're playing. Yeah. And you know, for E3, we had the worlds we wanted to show on the left hand, and we had the songs we wanted to show on the right hand, and we Smash mashed them, them together, together <laughs> knowing full well that we were probably going to pry those apart um, and and then reconstruct them the way we want them for the game as yeah. a, a, as a larger unit. It's gonna be interesting to see how that all plays out in the end. Yeah, and it worked like the Shoal, for example, just. The first thing you see is you're kind of zooming in through the water, or the first thing you hear, sorry, is uh, is that like reverby, sur- kind of dreamy surf mm-hmm. rock guitar. Yeah. yeah, it just sets the tone like right away, yeah. really. Perfectly. I know it's not surf rock. That's sort of yeah. the wrong tone, and I I don't know who said it, but like it's sort of like it's like it just sounds like it's played through like a silver tone amp with a lot of yeah. reverb on it. And but it's like not like Dick Dale, which is like you know sort of like riff rock. Right, right, right. No, no, no. They're not going on the pipeline. It's, it's dreamy. It's, it's mellow, kind of vacation surf yes. rock. <laughs> it's like sir. It's like Dick Dale via Hawaiian beach uh, chill, yeah. chill hangout. Was that a meme that did that? Uh, that was a meme. Was a basic thing that he that did. Was... That. He got he got some help too, but he was like he's like the silver tone guitar. Yeah, guy, exactly. So, yeah. He, feel, yeah. It's like a peek inside his brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all he has. Don't take it away from him. <laughs> uh, and then on the uh, on the remix side, you actually have done your own remixing. Uh, yeah, I are did. You working on a track in the game, or multiple? I mean, you're supervising it, but are you working on a secret track in the game? Well, we I'm I'm, I'm working on another one now, but I did. Uh, I uh, we have one of the remixes for Bohemian Rhapsody, a metal one, which I did. Oh, so. that's right. So. You're responsible for the double kick pedal. <laughs> yes, that's my terrible, terrible. 
Fake drum playing. It's inhuman. In, inhuman. It's, it's uh, not inhumane. Right. It's pretty humane. It's, it's, it's incredible. Inhuman. I love it. And that, and that picks it every time. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? It's the way actually... You, we've done we've done a lot of like uh, those kind of bands and rock band, yeah. and you get to see all these things, and you're like, all th- those all those things are like all the two X bass pedal, <laughs> yeah, right. the running in place. <laughs> That's <bass> all <laughs> inhuman. I I'm a very strong detractor from the double kick pedal. I hate it myself. Existing, yeah. I think it should be burned in a fire, and people should just get technique and learn. But well, you're just like an indie rock guy. That's I why. mean, sure. But the I, I metal guess, guys hate indie rock, guys. right? <laughs> but metal guys can suck it. Cause <laughs> I, and actually, I'm, I guess my point is, I'm an indie rock guy, but I'm actually fine with like the double kick sound as an accent sound. Yeah. I just don't like people who run in place. I think that that's bull- <laughs> and they should. That's silly. Like, let your bass player carry the low end chugging and just play the play the emphasis. Your kick drum's about emphasis, man. Well, we Adam, don't ride we the were, kick drum. We were all we were trying to combine in this remix some awesome. 80s hair metal. Oh no, which is definitely like there. That. Oh, don't don't conflate my criticism of double kick in no, general with your remix. But I'm your saying, remix is awesome. I think we had to do the you know yeah kind of machine gun double kick. You gotta go all it the way was with just it. the way you had to do it in the middle. So. It exists. We can't deny its <laughs> right. existence, so we should do it well at least. And we do. It's pretty rad. Yeah, I still have some more work to do on that one, but we yeah. got it in for E3. So I think it's I think it's good. Good. I just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I don't know why. I don't know why you're revising. The, it's <laughs> it's you can't polish the gold statue you already made. Just leave it there. <laughs> No, we're not going to take anything away, but there's there are things I wanted to add that we just had, didn't have time for. So I'm Woo-hoo. excited. I'm excited to hear that. And is the the remixing process like? Are you just do you assign a song to a certain person based on like what you know they're good at or what their interests are or uh, do people volunteer? Well, we we want to have we want to have people do stuff that they want yeah. to do, right? So. Um, as we started to, you know, kind of firm up what songs were going to be in the game, we would start to, you know, look at it. We had kind of a general idea of some genres we wanted, and so we would, you know, we'd have some people. We start off by simple, have people look at the list and say, "Hey, if you have an idea about something for this, let me know." And, and if they had a cool idea, "Hey, I want to do a down tempo version of this or something," we'd say, "Okay, that sounds cool." Um, as we as we got more into it, now we're starting to look more carefully at like, okay, what genres don't we what what do we light on and do we have you know this or that and so um yeah so we we've, we've kind of let people do what they want and we've also as we've looked externally to other people we've got some some reasonable name remixers out there you know or people who are at least known in the genre in the genre and we want them to kind of do what they do because that's like yeah. you know, if they do progressive house we want you know we'll find a song that's yes. that not gonna make could, them make a samba remix right <laughs> we we find something we think that could be a great you know progressive house thing the hardest thing about the whole remixing thing is that we have a bunch of kind of restrictions we have to yeah. impose on the remixers because of the way our thing works we you're layering on piece by piece and that kind of means that there has to be they have to be kind of the same tempo and the yeah. same general well, at any chords. moment in time also it has to sound good with component pieces exactly. of other remixes yeah. which is a really like a it's weird a problem task, that we of. created for ourselves which is that it's not like hey it's not a b or c it's like a1 and b2 right. and a3 and then you're switching yeah. out c3 and like you know it's this weird like matrix of and audio. we have this thing where you know um remixes are really successful when they are really divergent from each other yeah. right yeah. but then there's the most uh room for like really strange mashups that you know the more flexibility we give we can't guarantee that they all sound great good together so right so it's really it's interesting well, it's, the, it's the difference between remix culture and and remixing as a creative endeavor which is sort of how it is in sort of modern culture today like people yeah. create new tracks out of old tracks like i mean you know girl talks a good example of like hey that's all redundant sampling like he's not making a lot of audio but the way it's combined is basically making a new song out yeah. of existing things versus 
remixing where it's like you are sort of just tweaking and deviating slight like remixing is transformation versus remixing is creation and like I guess the thing is like it's a really creative process but in fact we have to kind of constrain it to be about transforming the so audio we're trying, we're, we're trying to get the both we're trying to yeah. get the best of both we're trying to like my instructions when I talk to a remix are always like okay here's my rules these are the three things you have to do or else it won't work for the game other than that I don't even want to recognize the song I'm hearing, you know. <laughs> cool. um, and so hopefully we can get. In fact, I have a we have a good one that's coming in for one of the songs, which I'm kind of excited about. So excellent. Um, but uh, these remixes will sound great when you just if you can play them all as is, you yep. know, which you can within the game. Sure. Um, and then obviously when you layer them piece by piece, hopefully they're divergent enough that so you can really feel like you're molding the music. That's our real big goal. But so you were in a meeting where Bill Whitney literally turned to you and said, <laughs> "I'm going to take Locked Out of Heaven by Bruno Mars and I'm going to make it a ska." Slash reggae. Did he then just like trail off and go? You know, what, don't worry about it. It's, no, it's going to be great. Like <laughs> you ever, you ever hear the Boss Tones? Yeah, yeah. It'll be, okay, it'll be like that. It. It'll be, and like it'll just be me playing every instrument, and then Caleb playing drums. It'll be fine. <laughs> it is like I, I realize a lot of the people who listen aren't like super into ska, but it is. You're right. It's a, he nailed it specifically to the Boss Tones sound. It's not just like eh, it's a ska song. It's like specifically the horns sound well, like and the it's that new kind of on. you know that kind of the, that new ska sound where yeah. you have kind of the, the heavier guitars right. playing a riff you yeah. know and the big horns and the well, and the horns vocals. aren't doing like really staccato yeah, lead yeah, lines yeah. they're like a lot of times they're just like supporting vocals and yeah. it's like kind of yeah. washy horns and that's a lot what the Boston's did would yeah. be like yeah. oh the chorus they're going to drop in and play underneath as like almost like a keyboard patch and then there'll be a post chorus where they will play a crazy melody and that would be yeah that's, that's a disgusting. totally fun remix yeah that's awesome uh, and when you were so you were in talk when you were talking about the remixing process do the remix artists have the other versions to kind of bounce it off of to hear what the other version is so they can well, make sure? When we have, like, we'll end up sending them, obviously, the original song and, and all that kind of stuff. And if if they have, if we have the other version, then we'll send it to them. A lot of times we don't because they're be done, being done in parallel. So there's a little bit of, um, uh, like, people will send me a rough pass, you know, and I'll, I will give them advice on, okay, our other version kind of does this, so let's move away from this or... Or sometimes it's just like, hey, you didn't follow the rules. You completely changed the yeah. way the things go, and you have to. We have to follow the rules. Just and, like guys uh, who make remixes for a living uh, don't like following very strict, <laughs> weird rules right. with the people. It's like, no, this is my. That's right. My but gig. they've all been actually really good. And then usually they'll they'll bring a second pass back to me, and we'll talk through it. And then once it's like, okay, yeah, I think this is great. Then they'll bounce out the stems for us, and then we'll start jamming in the game. And we still have all the stems that they. They send us, so we have pl- plenty of flexibility for oh, you to know, re-remix the remix. So well, like, QA like, doesn't or, pass, or, or usually it you know we together. can rejuggle how those yeah. how they're submixed into the game so yeah. that they work for our gameplay. Yeah, the uh, that's that's really interesting to hear. We actually played with some of those guys at some of the out, some of like the third party. I wouldn't say outsource because it's not like we're just yeah. they're not just like external consultants, but like, no, the third party free, the third party free, remixers yeah. who are like really good at certain genres of music. They came to E3 and we actually played with them. Uh, in one of our demo rooms and I think that it's a really weird challenge people don't always acknowledge about kind of the way that we make games which is that if we're making PC or mobile games right we're working with an outsourced group of people or a third party group of people who just send them a build and they'd open it on their computer they'd open it on their phone and they would play the game but we're like a camera game on the Xbox (laughs) One so these guys have just like they've, you know, they've read a briefing document. They know like what is happening, yeah. but they're just like they have no idea <laughs> what this is gonna look. And so they would get to the manipulator sections, and they would just be like, they would look so happy, like they just look so <laughs> so happy. And they were like, why can we not just do this? Like, why can I not play with this like weird <laughs> lathe of sparks on stage to transform 
my music in real time. So they, they seem really into it, which is it's rewarding to know that musicians whose job it is to transform music seem to think that the game actually delivers on its promise. Yeah, that, that's been good because, you know, we're all pretty close to it. And after a while, we lose perspective. You're like, I don't know. I don't know if there's any good. But you see outside people I haven't seen. They're like, wow, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. So yeah. let's... When you say the word jazz clams enough and you start to think it's a real thing. And it's not. It's a crazy thing. that we, It's in our game. It's a real it's, thing now. I mean, yeah, but it's also, what are we talking about? Was like, the, <laughs> were the jazz, jazz clams, were they a construct from the design <laughs> team or did it come from the audio team? Who, who first created the jazz clam well, idea? Well, so the, the, the way our company works now, we kind of do all these kind of like in scrums. So you have these small teams of people from all the dis- disciplines. So mm-hmm. it does, it's not really like they're all kind of working together. So it's cross-functional. It is pretty cross-functional. So uh, I don't think it was – I think originally it was less jazz and more just like drum fill clams yeah. where you could just play <laughs> these drums. And then they started to get a little bit of swing into them, and then the backing track started to get pretty jazzy, and then they turned to jazz. Yeah, it was initially just like a drum set made of mollusks. That's right. right. But yeah. it became like the weird jazz so the Steve Pardo influence on that. It was, it was interesting. <laughs> I remember we were doing demos for print, and yeah. it was just the drums, and we were gone for like two weeks. And we came back, and we're like, what is even happening? Right. Exactly, <laughs> yes. This was like a really straight ahead, right. weird abstract thing with no music under it. And now it's like, oh no, now it's this constant like jazz sextet that's yeah. playing this like well, so that's, West that's, Coast. And then for a lot of the things that are in the game, that's kind of the approach. We try to we try to get the basic functionality in, you know, in some very placeholder way. And then after you live with it for a while, you kind of like discover that jazz clans needs to exist. Well, because it's also, I mean, the game is a ridiculous set of leaps of faith all the time. It's, and game development generally is, yeah. but it's like, you know, if you're making an RTS game, you sort of know you're going to have to, like, navigate around a map and click on things. And here it's like, Jazz Clans, what do you think about that? It's like, well, like, well what, do you, what do you intend it to be? And it's like, I don't know. we got to kind of make it first. It's going to be weird. And then we make it, you're like, well, this did not do what I thought it was going to do yeah, at no, all. Yeah, no, no, nobody, like, you know, said, oh, Jazz Clans, this is what we should have in our game. Nobody said that. It happened way more organically than that, for sure. Just, like, direct hit. Jazz Clans is, like, all of exactly what we want. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm just thinking now, because uh, I came from a QA background, the process of QAing the songs where there are three different mixes and, like you were saying, every single section needs a different Factorial problem. That must be so intense. <laughs> I so, can't imagine what the test plans look like. Yeah, Assuming well, they wrote test plans. There, there are, actually. <laughs> Assuming that someone so. in our QA department is actually overseeing this game. <laughs> right. I think uh, well, Emily would have some strong so, words for you. As much as we can, we try to go through and, you know, I can set up, I'll set up when I get we, when we get stems and we'll set up a little project so I can, like, at any point in time kind of swap between yeah. the different stems and make sure this bass part works with these strings and timpani and sure, all that right, kind of stuff. Right, because they have to transition seamlessly. They have to work. And then, but version. luckily, we also have a couple of QA guys, um, you know, Plant and Pardo, who are yeah. who are like, going through these, like, really finally, and then, like, you know, twice a week, we're having meetings, you know, at, like, 6 o'clock, going, okay, here's my complaints about this one, right. and I take all these notes. <laughs> it's and, like creative QA. And, it's not just, yeah. like, functional QA. That's right, QA. and we look, at, yeah. we look at measure by measure, and, okay, this doesn't work, and this, and then we kind of make notes, and then we'll try to make revisions when we can. You know? Well, I think that that's actually a really interesting, like, when you think about the term of, like, what QA stands for, it stands for quality assurance. It's mm-hmm. like, and so often in games, it's thought of as, like, this Objective. group of like good dudes, we bring in as temp workers to just say, like, does, does this work or not, and if it doesn't work, why, like, what is not working right. about it? And there is a whole layer of, you know, of QA engineering and QA, like, you know, design feedback. And it's always a push and pull. I think our group does it pretty well, yeah. which is to say, like, no, it's actual quality assurance. It's like, hey, this is like, yeah. it works. Like, you can play through all three of these mixes, but it's just not good enough. And 
that can be really stressful to, yep. to tell designers or producers or audio guys like, hey, it's not good enough yet. Uh, but they're sort of more arbiters of taste than they get credit for. And, 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 and we have a lot of them are musicians themselves, right. so God, they have yeah. they bring their own you know awesome biases and all that kind of yeah. stuff with it, and their their own quality bars, so that they don't let us off the hook. Yeah, and I feel like that's a hallmark of of harmonics that another company wouldn't have been able to do had they picked up this project. Like these are dudes that we've had for a long time, specifically on our audio QA team. Yeah. Who were queuing the rock band songs that were coming through, and again, it was like, it's not just this rote task of like assigning music to gems. Like they would have really creative feedback, and like, oh, this gem isn't right for this reason. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, you know? it doesn't feel right. What exactly. The hell is, what do you mean it doesn't feel right? <laughs> Shut up. So it's, it's like it's, no, but it doesn't feel right. And then you play and be like, ah, oh, it doesn't feel right. And then right. this <laughs> game just introduces so much player creativity too, with that manipulators too. and mm. like how you work with the jazz clams and like guaranteeing that no matter what anyone does, always sounds really good. I can only imagine is like crazy. That's right. We haven't even mentioned through. the manipulators yet. Well, that's yeah. right. Yes. Or the or the instruments you can play yeah. with in Discovery. Still which so also, much more to talk so about. Go ahead and ask him a question then, for Christ's sake. <laughs> So what's the process like? <laughs> <laughs> How did you do that? that How do you awesome. do things? Uh, first, there's a lot of just jamming crap in, and it actually <laughs> does not sound very good. <laughs> and then you kind of weed through all the muck, and then finally, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a real iterative process. You know, it doesn't really start to sound really good until we get fairly far into it. I mean, you know, you can have because you can have a lot of actually great sounding pieces that when you put them in. It's, they're, they're just not right, you know. And so, the, and so I think that as we do, as we get later on, you know, another month or so, or whenever we're gonna get into it, as we do our mixing and mastering okay. stage, that's gonna be a, a, a complete nightmare. Just because of all those things. <laughs> I like, I like the like happy looking yeah. forward of like it's okay. This game is really rough right now, so we're working really hard on it, and it's gonna get so much worse before it gets better. Like we are all gonna die. It's, Fantastic. Clearly a veteran speaking. Well, then we take your audio out in the world and play it on just like the most mediocre TV speakers that we can. <laughs> yeah, <play>. yeah. <laughs> that's true. People are like, it's I all, can't hear it. You're it's like, all worth I know, it. I know you can't. Can it's for the best because it sounds terrible on these speakers. <laughs> yeah, take us through the manipulator process because now do we? Have well, we explain s- what a manipulator is, Pope. Because I'm not sure, sure. That we've set that level. And or, Annette, and why then, don't you explain what a manipulator? Or both an in-world manipulator and an in-song manipulator, which are different sure. things. Um, so in the songs, there'll actually be manipulator sections, and there's. What three that we've introduced? Yeah, we've yep. introduced the beat chopper. Yeah, the beat chopper, the uh, sound, sound sketcher, sketcher, and the FX sculptor. sculptor. Um, so these are like different opportunities that allow you to sort of like reach out and interact with these. Um, I mean, I guess there's like these different interactions depending on what it is uh, that'll allow you to create your own sample, and then that will get embedded into the rest of the track as you. Well, so some of them are about transforming existing mm-hmm. audio. Yeah. Right? So, so the effect like sculptor is a great example of like there is a guitar solo in Bohemian Rhapsody, right. mm-hmm. and you are stretching and twisting and and manipulating that versus the sound sketcher, uh, and even well, and I guess the beat chopper sort of yeah. in between, where you're like grabbing an existing sample, like a one or like two a vocal sample, sample or something, and sampling it really fast and moving around in that. But then yeah. the last is you know a straight up. You are just sketching a melody. Yeah, yeah nothing. That's right. We're trying to, you know, and we'll have several more of these. And we're, but they're they're they kind of some are kind of compositional. Like the sound sketcher is kind of like compositional. You're you're kind of creating a new melody on top of the existing thing, and then you'll do it in this kind of like um, uh, looping area. So you can kind of do it as much as you want, and you can kind of you, you can kind of kind of record what you're doing and send back and watch what you're playing. When you're happy with it, you can kind of move forward, and then you'll hear that bit that you created play over the next section or two or three of the song and it's pretty cool and you know it'll it'll adjust to the right chords and all that kind of stuff others are more like you said john like you know transformative where you're you're taking one of the stems in the in the in the track and you're you know squashing it and squishing it and you know with dsp effects and all these kind of uh, things and uh and the the 
the other one. What's the name? We, well, I only know the internal name. The effect sculptor, the beat chopper, or the, the beat chopper. Okay. okay, which is like your. Which we've shown very little of actually. Of all three of them, yeah. that's the one that I think is only in "Settle Down" and "Locked yeah. Out of Heaven." Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, no, it's in it's in levels. Isn't it? No, I don't think so. Well, that's like that's kind of like a beat slicer thing where you can right. you can take this loop and you can chop up little sections of it and rearrange them and kind of create your own beat or if it's a vocal sample, your own you know kind of like a stutter kind of effect. Vocal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Which is is pretty all over the place. And also, it's gonna be really interesting to see if we can teach people how to use all these things because there's some really yeah. cool stuff there. Where even we've had staff on on hand from harmonics who've played with that. Where you know the idea there is that you're sort of standing in the center of a circle. And this is actually one of the few things in the announcement trailer that actually kind of looks like the game, which is that there's a guy in the middle of the circle and he's sort of reaching out his hands and snapping his hand into the circle of a, of a looping piece of audio. And that's pretty awesome, but one of the things people didn't know is that if you move your hand closer to the screen, the sample gets shorter and shorter, so you can go from basically sampling like a quarter note to an eighth note to a sixteenth note, and you can make a stutter effect if you go just zoom in the z-axis, but also yeah. you can grab short bits of one part of the, of the loop and long bits of another part and sort of make a syncopated rhythm And, out and of these it. kind of take practice, like yeah. they're, like, you know, you put someone right up in front of it and they're doing it, and it's like, it sounds like kind of a mess, you know, but there are some people around here who have done it enough that you can actually make real music out of them. It's pretty cool. When we And that's one of the things that's been hard to explain to people in the middle of like their you know 10 minutes with the game is that it just and like and i think this would be a valid christmas if you just saw someone playing and didn't get a chance to play it for a while and sort of get into it is that it just feels like you're spazzing out and there's no real technique behind it but i would actually say that and then so i know i'm proposing a criticism and contradicting it which is sort of a silly way to make an <laughs> argument but but like you know you, and you can you can just spaz out and like make kind of cool sounding things which is a that's great and b it's no different than saying like in a in a you know a skilled brawler or fighting game, like you can just button mash and right. fight, and like you mm -hmm. can play, you can literally play the game if you have no technique or skill. Yeah. But that with practice, like comes refinement, that comes control, and and that I think this game is a lot more about player control and player agency than a lot of games are. So hopefully, people will take their time to learn those things when they get their hands on them and see the power behind them. And that's when they can start to make you know, they can start to manipulate these songs and turn them into something kind of of their own a little bit yeah. once they once they you know get to know the systems pretty well. Which is the which is the goal. Yeah. What is happening through that wall? <laughs> Okay, I thought I was having a show. Is that a saxophone? It sounds like a sax, maybe. We think they're a doing a recording instrument? session right now for these remixes that we're talking about, which is kind of cool. They are, yeah. There's something yeah. happening through the soundproof wall, yeah. and it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's just, just somebody moaning yuck, over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you said boning, not moaning. I no. Guess. Well, who knows? Uh, who knows? Well, the, the we can take that shade out real down, quick, yeah. but uh, yeah, gross. But all all of that lends itself to the replayability of the game, which I think is super super unique. Actually, I, I personally don't replay a lot of my games. I'll go through them and be done, but. This this desire to want to get better uh, is actually a pretty cool thing well, yeah. for a video game to pull off, and not only replayable in like the macro sense of like, hey, I've played through Bioshock Infinite, and I'm sort of like yeah. done playing. Like right. I played that game and I loved it. I played through Last of Us and I'm done because it's like a linear experience. There'll be a linear campaign in the yes. game, which like I would expect some people will, will replay, but in, and like some of the worlds will stay active, and you'll kind of want to go back in and explore them more. But like you could hundred percent this game and and quote unquote like be done with the game in terms of like finding everything that there is. But it's in the micro sense of replayability where I would actually say this game is, from a musical standpoint, a lot more replayable than, say, and these are games that I obviously like a lot, but like Rock Band or Dance Central, especially Rock Band, where over time, maybe it's because we just put out 4,000 songs, but it started to feel like Rock Band was consumable content. Like you played a song, well, you played it two or three times, and, and, and you can like, replay cool, it. You, you can replay it for score, right? Yeah, yeah. And then same in this game, you'll be able to replay it and totally. try to improve your score. But you also can replay it to try to create different music, which is the awesome. Thing well, you, you've had like the I guess in Rock Band, it's like you've had that experience of like, oh, I know what it feels like to play this song. Sure. And that weirdly in Fantasia, you can play a song and have like a very different feeling from playing it in a different way, which is 
sort of different for us. We've had a very sort of yeah, linear yeah. path, perfect score kind of mentality. Before. Which has to be kind of gratifying for you as specifically the audio director on, at Harmonics, where it's like, that's kind of the mission statement, like bringing music and interaction with music to the people. That that's right. I mean, I, Harmonics has always been about like, you know, uh, bringing an appreciation of music and understanding uh, of music and enjoyment of music to people who are non-musicians, right? So Rock Band was able to kind of like open up um, songs to their component pieces, you know, yep. and people learn that, which is really cool. And this kind of does the same thing and then takes it a step further. You can transform the pieces. Uh, you can you can try out different things. You can, you know, go into completely different genres. So we're pretty happy about that. I think it falls right in line with, you know, what Harmonix does, does and, all the time. And I think uh, a lot of times in game development, there's that period where you're figuring out what the game is, right? And I, I wonder, was yeah, that... Yeah, I think that's going to happen soon for this <laughs> game. In the polish phase, we'll get It's there. been one of the hardest things from, like, the senior <laughs> development committee side of things is to watch this game and be like, so are you guys going to start, like, deciding things? <laughs> and they're like, and, like, talking to Disney, we're like, guys, guys just need, we just need a little bit more time to make sure we decide, right? They're like, but shouldn't you decide before you keep making things? It's like, no, no, we have to keep making things. We don't have enough time to not keep making things. <laughs> We'll just decide what they do later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was your question? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure. How early in that process did that create creativity component actually come in? Like, was that one of the the touchstones from the beginning that you wanted to, to try to That was achieve? really early. Yeah. You know, pretty early the whole thing was about um, uh, creating music and expressing yourself through through music. So that yeah. was pretty early. And we've tried a, a bunch of different ways to try to get there, right. some failures and some other things. But uh, I think that was pretty much near the beginning, you know. And every time we've, like, tried to redesign and do something different is when we thought we weren't hitting that enough, you know. So we, we you know, the big push to try to hit that. That's great. I'm, I'm really excited to see how people take to that because, like, this game on the surface, you can say, okay, uh, Fantasia, I get it. I remember the movie is. But there's so much to this game that that's, that's hard to actually get out in yeah. a single pitch, like in that creativity yeah, component. Yeah, thanks for making my job really yeah. hard, <laughs> jerks. And that's only just one facet of it, yeah. but it's such a huge facet. And then you have the story, and then you have the discovery and interactivity and all that. It's, it's, it's really unique. And, well, and, it, and cool. we're early enough in the process that I think, like, a little like Dance Central 3, where it's like, hey, Dance Central 3, we have this like, really intense party mode where you're playing all these games, and you can also play, like, a campaign mm. with, like, a weird time-traveling story. Mm. And there's also, at the end of the day, a lot of people are like, you know, you have to realize that that's, that's sort of for maybe 20% of our audience who wants to get into, like, the weeds of it all. But a lot of, like, what people want to see right away is, like, is this performance gameplay. Like, hey, what do you, like, right. what do you think you, like, quote-unquote, do in yep. this game? And, like, what you do for now, a lot of what we say is, like, well, let's show you how you kind of remix songs on the fly. Because that's, like, the most immediately translatable, like, oh, I get it. This is fun. Yep. And then Discovery is, like... This like very very wide and flat world of experiences where there's a lot of things you can do and it's sort of a linear thing that we haven't talked a lot about. Yeah. So I think people feel a little bit less directly connected to that now. But in fact, when they play the game, if you really get into what Fantasia Music Evolved is going to be, I think Discovery is sort of like that main pipeline where you'll actually fall in love with that a lot over time, which just sort of is a little bit hard to demonstrate in under five minutes like, yes. what that experience is. Right. Well, also just how drastically different those two modes of gameplay are is really. Cool. But, but like, they touch in a really nice like way, right? They have a yeah. nice tangent on the side where they kind of are But kind of have the same theme, right? Yeah. Just transformative theme, you yeah. know. So and that's yep. what we're trying to, you know. Totally. Keep. You just like them both is what you're saying. I definitely like them both. Okay, but well, I thought good. I thought you were gonna segue us into one of the things that does tie them together, like mechanically, uh -huh. is the in world instruments. 
right? Sure. I was not going to do that, but <laughs> that is a really good transition, and now everyone can see the sausage yeah. getting made yeah. for a You're podcast. Welcome. You're welcome for the podcast. Don't edit sausage. any of this out, Joe. Not that you were ever going to anyway. No. Nope. Just shaking his head no. <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's a lot of work. That sounds like something you wouldn't say in front of your boss, but okay, that's great. Um, well, he's like employee number 12 out of 14. Oh, that's pretty good. wow. <laughs> Joe, you're number one in our hearts. Number one in our hearts. Uh, so, so in the these discovery these discovery worlds, uh, there's it's sort of similar to the manipulators and how they function, where mm -hmm. they have like a record state yep. and a playback state. Do you want to just kind of explain like what what are these these things I'm alluding to vaguely? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> there's all sorts of things. In, in it's almost like you don't know. No, I just Do you I, not I don't want to steal all of uh, his. Uh, you know, in in, in the discovery worlds, you have. Um, most of the things you touch or interact with make music and things like that. And, but they do it on different degrees. Like some stuff you could just wave your hand over and you can kind of affect the world, you know, um, you know, moment to moment as you touch it. Other things you kind of dive into and you can play with them for a while and you can, they have like these kind of play and record modes, which means you can, you can play with it and you can sit back and see if you like what you did and then go re-engage and try it again. And then when you finish it, you can come out and some of that music will come back into the world and be, and become part of that world sound set, which is really cool, you know. So and, and we're trying to make the difficult thing about we're trying to make each one of those unique, you know, right. so each one of them is supposed to be kind of a different, you know, experience and obviously different music. And right. and some of them will have different sets of music. So you can enter them one time and there will be one set of music. You yep. enter them again. They could be something else. So and also like maybe different gameplay challenges to each. Absolutely. Thing uniquely Absolutely. As well. Yeah. Yeah. So like people may have seen from videos from E3 or what we've done in the live stream. The show we, we already talked about the jazz clams. That's one yep. of them. Uh, then we also have the fish. Mm -hmm. the, do you call them the fun fish? What have you been calling them? Oh, we need to name them. We don't have, <laughs> yeah, they don't have a fun name for them. Yeah. Um, fun fish. Fun fish. Okay. That's a, that's really not a good name. It's yes. not. It's fun because they're using the sample right. from the, the sample. Oh, fun song. Not because they're Sorry, fun. Fun, peer, fun that period. Because there's a hard punctuation involved. <laughs> yeah, okay, my fault. I misread that situation. Fun fish. <laughs> my bad. Because of the group. Well, you didn't do it that time. Are you going to pause or not? You fun. Period. Fun. <laughs> when, and this is F-I-S-H, not P-H-I-S-H. Right. Okay, I just want to make sure we're not saying this is a fun remix with Fish, the band. There, there are currently no announced Fish songs in our game. <laughs> not yet. Not, not announced. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what will happen? You never know. They you can just know. do covers of everything in our game. They do great covers if they're still <laughs> making music. I don't know. I, the, the, fine. Fish is fine. Yeah, fun fish or fine fish, fun good musicians, fish and fish, good fish, fishy, fishy, fishy. I've lost my mind. Yeah. Um, but something that you you said a lot in right? the demos you were giving me yeah. three is like anything in the world can be an instrument. Yeah, and that's, that's right. sort of what we've pulled you've pulled off there with. Well, we want we want to have it so that if you're standing in front of the big world and you're kind of like touching everything, you're kind of in real time, you know, kind of having music, you know. Uh, play, which is awesome. And then we have several other places where you can kind of really go in, like I said, and dive into something and create something and sit back and like kind of listen to the soundscape that you kind of created. You know? Yeah. So. Well, and, and one of the things that I, I found most interesting to watch happen over time there is the team going from, we're going to make a crazy thing that is actually like, oh, it's like a multi-step sequencer with these three different samples in it that you can sort of sketch any pattern through and then it will make a great playback loop that'll be over these two bar chord progressions. Uh, and you're like, that I understand that because I work here, but like, what the hell is the player gonna do? And it's like, oh, I guess we have to teach people how to do all these things. You're like, oh, cool. And so it's gone from being a, hey, this is a toy that you would bang into and then and not have any idea how it works to like, 
oh, there's a clear, like, learn, build, and record state to each one of those uh, yeah. more complex in interactions. Like, there's still this sort of, like, brush pass interactions in the game, like the seahorse carousel and things like yeah, that. Yeah, some things are, you know, but, but right, all the ones that are a little bit deeper, there's this, you know, burden on us to teach you how to do it, you know, so, which is one of the big design, you know, things that we're trying to climb. Like, assume that a 10-year-old's going to play this game That's and right. not know how these things work, <laughs> and assume that, like... A really stoned 24-year-old is also going to play these games yep. and not be fit to stay in trial, but maybe they want to play some music. <laughs> uh, that, you know, uh, we need to make sure that the game is fun for that and also fun for core gamers who want to sit back and, and enjoy a creative experience. Do you like that the problem-solving part of game development where, like you said, like each one of those has to be sort of unique to itself, which when you think of the number of worlds we're going to have... Right. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> like, is that a, is that a frustration or is that an opportunity? I mean, I uh, it, not, not like a job interview where we no, no, no. always it's, say opportunity. It's, it's, right. it's completely both, right? Because yeah. it's 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 an opportunity because it's, it's exciting to work on these these kind of problems, stuff like yeah. that. You also do a lot of throwaway work, which you know can be frustrating for people. You yeah, know? yeah. So, um, so it's definitely both. You know, it's definitely it's <clears throat> it's definitely one of the hardest things we're doing, trying to like figure out how these work, and yeah, and the, we have to figure them out almost through the content, you know, so like you have to, we can't, we haven't designed anything on paper that's actually stuck, right? Everything has to be, you You put it in there, you try it, that doesn't do it, you try something else, you get some new content, new art, new audio, then, you know, then you piece it together different ways. Now it starts to click, you know, and then, then the design starts to round the edges off of it, make sure things are clear, you put another passive audio in, so it's definitely frustrating, but it's definitely, you know, super rewarding, you know, when, when it happens, so. Yeah. Cool. Man. Well, I think uh, that, that uh, is yeah. about all we've got for this episode. Yeah, Anyone have any last-minute yeah. Eric Brosh's questions? No, not off the top of my head. I think that, you know, in terms of other fan service things, we're spinning up yeah. this week to uh, leave next week for D23, I think. Uh, yep. Because, yeah, that seems right in the calendar. Yep. Uh, we may or not be Something recording like this earlier than we're releasing it, so I'm trying to make sure that I'm not wrong about that. But the... <laughs> Sounds uh, right. Yeah, we'll be releasing yeah, this on the twenty sixth. Yeah, no, yeah. So in two weeks we'll be at D twenty three. So yeah. if you're in, in Southern California, uh, by Anaheim, and you love Disney things, the Anaheim Convention Center becomes the sort of big sweeping Disney fest for a couple of days, and we'll be giving a big presentation and making some announcements and showing off some new stuff that Erica has actually been working on, but we haven't told the world about yet. Uh, and then other than that, we're just Continue. You're ready. We are. We are likely. Gonna, like we said last week, we're likely going to be uh, at Gamescom, and we're definitely going to be at PAX. Yeah, right. So. Uh, hopefully, if you haven't gotten your Fantasia fix yet, uh, stay tuned to the podcast. We'll talk more about what we're doing there. And also, tune into our live streams Monday nights at 6 o'clock. We're playing yep. some Fantasia stuff along the way there and confirming things, which is always a, a nice opportunity to talk to you guys every week instead of every other week on Fridays. This has sort of been unprecedented for us, too, to be able to show so much of the game as it's still in development. Yeah, we're like, really... I think I think our team is pushing harder to show things <clears throat> earlier, yeah. which is good, I think, for the fan base who's tuned in this early, although uh, it is legitimately and rightfully scary for yeah. both Disney and for some of our right. development Sometimes here. features have to get cut. Yeah, and as long as people understand, like I think we like we were alluding to with, you know, what, what games look like before and what they're gonna be which actually we're doing a panel about at PAX, sort of how the games come along along the way. Like things change and the songs you saw at E three will probably not be the songs of shipping games. So as lot like we are not precious about that because we're just trying to find the best thing. Yep. So if things have to go away on the on the way that's to okay. be clear, those songs will be on the disc. <laughs> They just won't be in the place. Just right. Yeah, yeah. I think that that was clear. I didn't see. Uh, I think that it was. Explicit. I was confused that I work here. <laughs> I just said they're going to be on the disc. That was me yelling a second ago, right? Oh no, was that you? I can't tell. It's hard see, to tell. This is part. why I invited Nick. Really? He's yeah. our fact checker. I just need to be like, wait a minute. Are you sure with that? You're just yelling, John. Just Sometimes saying. you yell, and I'm, most of the time, it's... oh, am I the one who's yelling? Am I the one who's yelling? <laughs> 
Yes? Yes. Not by yelling. It's my normal speaking voice. Well, yeah. It's kind of like yelling. yelling. Well, well, if you want to hear yelling, keep up this line of questioning. We'll see yelling. (laughs) I'll see who still works here at the end of this podcast. Uh, Joe, Joe's apparently on the bubble already, so Jesus. (laughs) All right, well, then we're going to wrap it up. (laughs) Before Before somebody gets fired. fired. (laughs) Eric, thank you so much for giving us an hour of your time. This is awesome. Thanks Uh, for having me. Enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll... uh, We'll uh, talk to you some more if we get some feedback or any questions. We'll send them your way. Sounds great. Cool. Thanks. Uh, And we'll be back in two more weeks with another very interesting episode of the Harmonics Podcast. Thanks, guys. Give us some levels. Hello, levels, 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 sibilance, sibilance. That's why he's the audio director. Oh, you're making a levels joke. I get it. Each level joke.